Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Do you want me to give you your kitchen spoon? <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so Emily just sent me a TikTok of these best friends attempting to record their first podcast, which is comical because we sat here kind of staring at each other for a full three minutes of what are we we going to say today? (laughs) What are we going to say today? The funny thing is I've watched so many other people in our industry attempt to start podcasts and they legitimately have no idea what to say. And I'm like, that's not my problem. Uh It's what to say that's still appropriate for the (laughs) airwaves. (laughs) Well, this is an explicit show, so you can say whatever you want. Oh, I don't know if you want me to say whatever I want. I will tell you one thing I shared on stories today, and I can send, well, the links are in my stories, but I was like, okay, so I hate scrolling on Netflix. I hate it because the autoplay of the videos I can't literally do it. drives me crazy. I have to mute it. Before my brain can even process what show is like trending, like on their little scroll, it's already playing what it is. So then the title's gone and I can't see it and I don't want to hear it and see it. I just need to read the title of the show. And then I would like to read a description and then maybe watch a trailer if I'm semi-interested. I think that the amount of time that it starts playing is way too short and it like makes me violent. And so I was sitting there last night and I hate scrolling every time when we're like, or it was like the night before last, wanting to find a show, Brian hands me the remote and I just have this visceral reaction. I like throw the remote back at him and I'm like, absolutely not. I do not want to scroll. Like, unless we specifically want to go watch this show, I am not scrolling. I hate scrolling. I don't want to do it. And he's like, I do not understand why you hate this so much. And so finally I saw this article pop up that was like, oh, you can mute or stop the autoplay. Oh my God. How? Where? Where's the setting? like, Like, I was so annoyed at myself that I just kept continuing to get violently frustrated about something that I didn't even, my, that's how overstimulated I was though, that my brain couldn't even comprehend that there could be a solution to my problem. (laughs) My only solution is I mute until we press play because otherwise I, I, I can't. But I don't even want it moving. I don't That's even, true. I just want to see the titles of the show. That's all I'm asking for. So I linked the article in my stories. You can do it on your iPad, your phone, but also the TV settings. And so I'm going to do that tonight because I'm like, this would be an absolute game changer. Well, I think it's why I default to Hulu first because it doesn't autoplay anything. It doesn't do that. Yeah. 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 And, and see, so I my- can't, well, you pay for the extra Hulu that doesn't have ads, right? 
yeah, we don't just don't have enough shows on Hulu that we watch. So we don't pay for the extra Hulu, but I don't watch Hulu because we have ads and they drive me crazy. Oh, well, so we really only watch Hulu to watch primarily shows that are actively on and we oh, just sure. watch it the day after without ads that's on right now. And so, you know, they're like current shows what's a show you're watching we watch shark tank 911 911 low rookie rookie fit lots of gotcha gotcha okay so that makes sense and then like when i was knee deep in the bachelor (laughs) (laughs) too did you see a new love is blind is coming oh no no on valentine's day oh snap Oh snap! I'm I will watch excited. that. I can't watch The Bachelor anymore. I'm no, just I, I never I'm got officially into that. done. And there's apparently a Love Is Blind in in another. Well, okay. So I need to find. I, I saw something, and I'm like, I don't know if I'd actually like it. Well, two things. Sorry. <laughs> so one, apparently, there's some dating show on Netflix. That is like supposed to be the culmination of all the best parts, according to someone else. The Bachelor, Love is Blind, some of these like more adventure based dating shows and all this stuff. But it's like set in a castle in Scotland or England or something. And but like some of these people are like actively married, which is more confusing to me. So I'm like, I don't know about that. is it actually a dating show or just a reality show? I'm unsure. Where they're like hanging out. Yeah. I don't know. We were going to watch, what is it? The plate? The menu? Oh, we did. We were going to watch that because I know you guys watched it and Jared told us about it. But so I don't do horror or thriller or scary things. It's not. So it's like I, I don't really do, categorize as a horror. I don't do horror at all. It's not a horror film to me. It's not even really a jump scare film. There's really only one jump scare in the whole thing. Okay. I don't do but jump the scares. the ending, I don't know if it's worth it. Here's my plan, because Brian wants to watch it. I am the person who, if you want me to watch something even semi-scary, I will go to like Wikipedia and find out how it ends, and then I can watch it. Oh, I mean, it's fine. It's pretty tame in the grand scheme of things. I would say... You're going to like the menu the most if you enjoy watching, like if you watch The Chef or the other like really, really fine dining, like docu-style mentries on, because the food is actually still the primary focus of the whole show. Okay. So answer me this question and then I can watch it. Because based on the trailer, it seems like this could happen and this... I literally can't even read this part if it is in a book. Is there any sort of the people are outside and running for their lives? And someone is, I'm out. I'm out. It's just one section of it, but it's not. there. I don't know what it is about that particular storyline where if you are running for your life. It's only the men, if that makes a difference. (laughs) (laughs) And someone is chasing you and that person chasing you is going to, if they catch you, they are going to hurt you. Something about that. That's definitely in it. (laughs) But it's mostly about the food. It's very weird. It's on the weirder list of things I've watched recently. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, so is White Lotus, and I need you to watch White Lotus so we can talk about it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. It looks bizarre from the couple things I've walked in on. It is really bizarre, but it's one of those shows, truly, that, like, we were watching it. We watched both seasons, and we got through both seasons really quickly. Like, it is a, you are going to keep watching it. It's a show where I paused it, and I said to Brian, okay, this is either, like, the weirdest show on television that I've ever, ever seen in my life. Or it is actually the most accurate television I've ever seen in my life. Because even though it's fiction, the way that the literal like camera is shot and the responses of people and how they respond to situations is like quite literally if you are there. And like, oh, you... is it going to make me car sick? No, 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 no. It's not like motion like that. Oh. I simply mean the like facial responses and the pause of conversation. Cause you know how like in fiction, when a story is unfolding, it's like faster and like things just happen a lot faster and everything's more connected. That is not how this show is. Like it takes its time to develop the story and like give natural response time to things. And I don't know, there's something in that, that I was like, Oh, like I can imagine like, sitting in that lobby and like also watching this in the same way that they did. It wasn't escalated. It wasn't over dramatic. It's definitely dramatic in some areas, but I don't know. It just felt very, a real portrayal, but not docu style and not motiony running around Blair Witch style. Like it was, it's very hard to describe. It was good though. And it was just beautiful settings, like beautiful. Oh, everything. And I've seen in terms of like location and costume and everything has been really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, I do think it's worth it. (laughs) Before we officially change the subject to today's conversation, just to kind of wrap up how this whole thing started, I will say it's funny after doing this for as many years as we have coming up with what to say, because There's just something about it that flows really naturally for us that when I see other people struggling with it, it's like a hard to watch television show. That makes (laughs) sense. Where you're like, why? When there's like awkward pauses or what? Like, why did you publish this? I don't know. Some people are just not. (laughs) Why did you? Some of these. I mean, some people might listen to our show and be like, why did you publish this? (laughs) Teach their own. Teach their own. (laughs) I hope this show feels like you're sitting right in the room with us. <laughs> well, that's definitely the point. I would like to think once we get into the meat of it, that it feels a bit more curated and on track. <laughs> but the first part I of the do- episode is our friendship for sure. But- uh, I For sure. I do get asked still very often because if people come to me, if they want to start their own show and they're like, oh my gosh, your show has been around forever. Do you have any advice? And it's funny because more often than not, the person is going to do a solo show, which I just would not recommend. So awkward. But then they're like, oh, so how do you outline your show? I'm like, I've literally never outlined a show in my life ever. I pick a very vague concept of an idea. Like you literally, we were like talking about ideas before we're hopping on and you're like, oh, we could say this, you know, like explain it kind of like this. And I was like, oh yeah. And how we're like literally doing that. And then we could talk about this piece. And you're like, yeah. And <laughs> I know exactly where we're going to go with this episode. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> it was not even a 20-second conversation. No. no. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about hiring in the current economic climate that we're in. We've done episodes in the past on hiring, and I was thinking before we started that 
is it that I truly have a different take on how you should go about hiring, knowing what I know now versus knowing what I knew then, i.e. if you're listening to previous episodes we've done on hiring? And the answer is no. I would still recommend our previous hiring-based episodes in full in certain economic climates. I'm trying to look for the one specific, just to get you guys the number. Oh, here it is. So we did great episode. I think this will be very important to listen to after you listen to this episode. It's episode 368, the truth about employees versus contractors, because the angle and ideas we're bringing up today, you have to absolutely be mindful of expectations. And that episode really breaks down the difference between those two roles and your roles as the hiring person and the boss and the manager within, depending on who you hire. Yeah. So all of that to say, everything I've said before is still true. Have I learned other things? Absolutely. Are there additional things I would also do? Yeah. But today is specifically about hiring in the 2023 climate. And, and part of it, I just want to preface by saying, you know, these are the biggest layoffs we've seen. Well, most of us have seen since circa 2008 when we were in a full-on recession. Lots of people have talked about how the current hiring or firing climate that we're in is more of a manufactured recession to realign tech salaries, etc. Whether that's true or not, that's not the conversation we're having today. At the root of it... Specifically, just a fun factoid, tech layoffs surpassed the Great Recession levels were the amount of people who were laid off in tech specifically. And I see where tech is being impacted massively in this climate right now. Oh, 100%. 100%. And it's easy to think in the online service-based business world that our industry is more related to tech than it yes. is related to other jobs. Yes. Yes. And while that's sort of true in a lot of regards in terms of technical skill and required like background and things, it's not necessarily true for your business specifically. And there's many clients. I would say if we were to like pull all of our clients in the last 18 months, the common theme I'm seeing is people who've been in business four years plus, five years plus, 10 years plus are all feeling this collective desire to shift away from being the doer or the implementer in their business. And while they still value that technical skill, they want to be more in a leadership position than they have previously. And they want to be more in that creative director, strategist type role for their clients, but move away from a lot of the delivery. And I would argue that they don't necessarily want to be in the leadership role, but they know that they have to in order to shift. And a lot of the work we're doing with our clients is truly figuring out not only the logistics of what it will take financially within a budget with who you need to hire, all of that, where your business needs to be, whatever, whatever. But there's a lot, a lot of mindset work that needs to shift when you go out of the doer, the implementer, and into more of like straight up manager. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. There's a lot of managing in leadership. You can still have it be in your style and how it works for you within your culture. And we've also talked about that here on the show, but that is an aspect you're going to have to reckon with in this transition. Yeah. 
Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. And so with that being at the helm of like how people are collectively feeling, I think part of it is people are tired from the pandemic and what everyone thought was going to be down years ended up being growth years and exciting years. And, you know, 2020 and 2021 were relatively good and a lot of growth was had because there was this big shift in how people were using technology. But 2022 was hard for pretty much every person I've talked to. And so going into this year, it's really easy to think, okay, I'm just going to like crawl in a hole and I'm not going to do 
anything to make any sort of radical shift. And the thing is, you have to continue to protect your mental health, your mental well-being, and the stability of your business. And if you get too burnt out doing what you're doing right now, you may not have a business at the end of it. Yep. Yep. We've heard from so many clients who have said, I'm not seeking revenue growth. I'm not seeking these exponential leaps going into 2023. I would love to make what I made last year with more ease. And I think that is the, I love that challenge for a lot of business owners because it isn't about slowing down. It isn't about making less. It isn't about making your company or your team or your revenue smaller. It's about learning the skill of replicating results that you liked, but with systems, with processes, with less doing from you and with ease. And I think that that is a really, really incredible space for business owners to get to be in. Yeah. And so if you're going to be in that position where you're trying to stabilize, maintain, but also shift your role in that, hiring still has to be a part of the conversation. And if it's still part of the conversation, I think a lot of people get really clammy because they're like, well, what part of the world we're in right now is predictable? And arguably not a whole lot. Not yet. (laughs) And so if not a whole lot about your life or your business is predictable, then you need to be doing things that shore up the predictability and the control you have, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so in a growth year, when you're really making big leaps, you need more help, you need more support, you need more people in your business, but you need more people in your business in a variety of roles, really setting you up to take on a variety of positions. But when we're in this shore up time and we need to be more in control of how the liquid assets are being spent, then I am going to suggest that you focus primarily on technically skilled, like very niche contractors that can take over certain parts of client delivery, not all of client delivery, not every aspect of a project, not project management, not the internal operations or client communications, but a technical part of the delivery that would ultimately free up either your time or a member of your staff's time to focus on other aspects of the business. Yep. Because it's when like when you're in this space and you're wanting to pull yourself out and you're not necessarily seeking growth, then that means you can work with the same amount of clients that you worked with last year. Or if you've gone into a price increase in 2023, which I hope that you did, then you are going to work with less bodies, but make the same amount of money. Well, if last year was stressful in your capacity and you were over capacity with your schedule and your time, then the only way to actually lift that and create ease in that is to bring in a body within your organization to start to actually take some of those deliverables, those tangibles off of your plate. And some of us are even looking at 2023 as not necessarily offering a new service from scratch or like completely reinventing the wheel. But what we talked a lot about last year was really being mindful of how you needed to evolve as the expert into creating and designing an offer already within what you know, that's going to be perfect for meeting where your ideal client is at right now, because you have changed in the last couple of years and you have different restrictions and budgets and needs 
Well, so do your clients in your own industry, in your own niche. And so what is something that we might have to shave a bit here, reshape over here to create an offer that's going to excel in this type of climate? Well, you might need then a new technical skilled person to help you deliver that thing. And that's actually something that we're exploring here in BP this year. Now, I think it's really easy to think, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring this person on until I need them. And that's a huge mistake because the biggest differentiator between contractors and employees is contractors are paid on a per project or a negotiated hourly basis. And thus they're not paid unless there is work. And we need to have access to these skilled people in order to feel comfortable moving forward. And so I was talking with a client who is in a bit of a bind and that she is at her kind of personal capacity because one of her team members is on maternity leave, which hell yeah, to be at the point in your business where you can not only stably handle your pay and employees pay, but also have the freedom and grace to let them fully be a parent and come back into the business. And so she knew that she functionally needed a couple more clients to really get to the next kind of stable point for her to make some changes. But she was out of time to take on those clients, especially given being down a team member. And I said to her, you're not attracting the clients you want and need because you don't feel like you have the support on the back end to fulfill fulfill on those client needs and you're a good person. And so you aren't just selling for the sake of selling. You're knowing you're going to have to deliver a shitty service or experience. You're selling based on what you know you can deliver on and, Mm -hmm. and thus you are attracting or repelling business based on what you know you can handle. And I said, I promise you, if you find the support you need, even if you just locate the support, And as a contractor, you could even technically hire them, but you need to at least identify where this technical support can come in. And I said, the key part here is don't make the mistake of finding someone who's administratively handling stuff, because ultimately you would still have to dictate your process and all of those things, which you're not technically supposed to do with contractors anyway, but it's not going to free up your time. You need to be able to say, here's the job description for this project, go, go do it. And they should be able to deliver on that. And so she was like, I don't know, but okay, I trust you. She found the person within 24 hours. She had three clients sign. Yep. (laughs) And And you can say to me all day long, well, she manifested those things. I mean, sure. Am I a little woo? A little bit. Yes, a little bit. But I also just know people are good people. And the people listening to this show are the kind of people that aren't going to sell stuff that they don't feel confident that they can ultimately provide. And so what would happen if you found the support you need to take on that one or two extra clients? 
And the cool thing about contractors, like what Abby was saying, is even if you identify this person, like contractors, I like to imagine you can literally have them in your back pocket waiting. If you know you have two levers that you need to pull basically at the same time, you need the work to come in, but you need a contractor to help you deliver that work. Well, while the same time that you're exploring leads and having discovery calls and having conversations, do your little research on, is it a copywriter? Is it a designer? Like, what is it? What is the technical skill that you need? Start to go identify some people, have some coffee dates with some people, hop on Zoom, chat with someone, see what their availability is like, see what the personality is like. So you can start to narrow down. I think this designer would be great to have in my back pocket. And if I said yes to these three projects, I could absolutely get them started next week on this project. And what starts to happen is this seamless, like everyone basically starting at the same time. And because they're a contractor and not an employee, you don't have that typical 30 day to 90 day gap of them onboarding and training and learning your systems and your process and how you go about doing it. You're relying on them to bring that to the table for you. Mm -hmm. And the safety that it adds that you are not obligated to continue working with them is immense because, you know, I know people's biggest fear is, well, what if I bring them in and they, they can't do it? Okay. okay. Let them go. Have a good project. Find yeah. someone else yeah. or wrap up the project and handle what you need to handle. And then you don't necessarily have to re up that client or add another one yet. Like yep. you can go out and find the other support needed. Now, do you still have to be in control of client communications and to ultimately protect not just your reputation, but also just the experience, the experience aspect mm-hmm. of your business. Absolutely. I'm not saying hand over the client experience to someone who's not in your business, but doing that and also not having to like fulfill on like, even if it's just one deliverable in the project, like we've done this before where we've had a, a really big website project that we were doing with someone and the copywriting was very technical. And I just decided I didn't want to tackle that. I didn't want to learn that new skill of writing for that specific industry. We already had someone in our back pocket that we knew we could reach out to. And the amount of just ease that I even got to experience as like basically the copyright project manager of that piece of the puzzle was so great. So great. And I like stepped in when I needed to and stepped out when I didn't need to be. And it was like, oh, I can now envision we could take on a buttload of more clients like this, knowing that we have the support. Yeah. It's just in this climate, a, such a safer move in terms of control for you and for everyone involved. Because, you know, I also think it's a bit unethical to bring someone into your business as an employee, when you just functionally have no idea of three to six months from now, you can continue to employ them. And y'all, we've made that mistake before. Like we've brought on an employee within our team before having hope for the next three to six months to a year. And things got haywire and things shifted and things evolved really quickly, even like unpredictable by us. And we had to shift this person's role in a way that like ultimately didn't make sense. And so we've been on both sides where we've hired an employee ahead of hopeful future that didn't come. We've also sought out technical contractors to have in our back pocket. We are also a technical contractor for a few other businesses, for clients of our own. So it's, we've been on all sides of this coin. So it's okay if 
last year you went through kind of like this hiring and letting go or stressful situation, it doesn't mean that you can't kind of turn over a new leaf and really give yourself a fresh start with contractors this year. Yeah. So go slow. This is not about changing everything. If if anything, I think this year is the year that you do, you make decisions just a tad slower than you would normally because yeah. the difference of a week, honestly, like yeah. I've been Truly. surprised how much stuff can shift around. And so yeah. for the better and for the worse. And yeah. so I want to protect you guys. And so, you know, the rest of the world may be shrinking, but we're in a position where the majority of you need to maintain where you've been. Like, you don't want to go the other direction. And in and- order to maintain where you've been with more of a life first energy is bringing in support. Yeah. And so I hope this kind of gives you some ideas for some directions you could go. In terms of identifying who this could be, I want you to really look at your plate and your top producers and your business plates and identify what is the skill that is the most technical but requires the least strategy. Yep. Because that is typically the skill that is the easiest to hire for because it's going to be pretty niche, but it's not necessarily going to require you passing along all this strategic knowledge for someone to fulfill on. Well, and kind of two ways that we've looked at this, because we brought on a contractor with, for a long-term relationship for a technical need that our team was already fulfilling, but we knew that we could take on more clients if we had yet another backup contractor. Now, we also, a skill that I want you to start to look at or something I want you to identify is of the current leads that you're getting right now, what is something that they want delivered or even your existing clients that you're currently not delivering? You don't have to learn that skill, but is there an additional service you could add on to your existing clients or the leads that you're currently talking to that would make sense to kind of flow into your business? And that's the second version of this that we're tackling this year, where we saw a very clear, very loud need of our existing clients and people we wanted to continue working with, but we didn't have the skill. No one on our team had the skill and we didn't want to have to like learn it from scratch. So we're bringing in a contractor that's going to help serve that skill skill and kind of help us set up the processes and figure out what is this actually going to look like for our team to fulfill on long term. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that these positions don't later turn into full-time employees. Whether that you transition the person who's been in the contractor role or you look for outside help. This is a temporary solution. This is not a long-term plan because long-term, it does not make sense for you to have majority of client delivery in contractor realm. This is a three to six month, you know, and maybe this climate, maybe nine months to a year Mm -hmm. thing. Or for you to pull when you are wanting to increase clients, but haven't found an employee yet. Yeah. This is a temporary solution that allows you to add more control and more stability because you can immediately pull back if necessary. I'm excited for you guys though, because I see our clients continuing to grow or continuing to stabilize. And that's huge. And so, and, and 
if you want help figuring out what lever you need to pull and the budget that you have for that lever and what technical skill that would make the most sense for your team to bring on, we would love to chat. We have these conversations all the time with our clients. So slide into our DMs over on Instagram at Boss Project, where you can always fill out a wait list for a project and hop on the literal phone, well, Zoom phone, with Abigail at bossproject.com slash waitlist. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.